return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hey, who's got Kids Rock? Not sure who's got it, but at ages three to first grade, they can head back there, right? And and uh, Diana Sanderson coordinates that, so. Ages 3 to 1st grade, they can head back there. In the meantime, let's just stand for a minute. Let's just take our Bible. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Isaiah chapter 6. It's a scripture that the calling and so forth of Isaiah, but the angel touched his mouth with this coal. And as he touched his lips, he says, your iniquity is taken away, your sin is purged. Now, God God loves saving people. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Amen. Paul says, of whom I am chief. Well, we've we've all been lost. But in Christ now, coming to the Lord, we get saved. Now, we're not saved just to get to heaven. But we're saved to have fellowship with the Lord. We're saved to walk in the Spirit. We're saved to be kings and priests unto the Most High. But also the higher calling, higher mission then, is to be used of God on this earth. So he saves us, he cleans us up and so forth, because he wants to use us. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. Now everybody who's watching today, even online, uh, we just welcome you from many, many different countries. We welcome you, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Uh, Many of you, we're praying specifically for you, for your safety and for the gospel to flourish where you're at. Some of the people from the tabernacle, we welcome you, that you're not able to be here yet, but we welcome you and we bless you in Jesus' name. We thank God he hears your prayers and he's working in your midst. So he wants to use us. God wants to use us. He wants to use us for his glory. So he touches, Isaiah's touched, his lips are touched, his, his, his sin is taken away and so forth, and he hears a voice He says, who will I send who will go for us? So this is the Holy Spirit. This is God talking to him, and he said, he comes out of his mouth. Here I am, send me. So we live, uh, the church is a wonderful thing. The body of Christ is a wonderful thing. And ministry is a wonderful thing. But it is a volunteer army. Ministry is voluntary. So you can actually be saved, sit in a chair, occupy row seven, seat five, we used to say. Occupy a place and get, get to heaven, but see, never be used. And I always think, how sad is that? When I, when I played in, in athletics and different things, who, no one ever wanted to sit the bench. You know, who wants to say, I want to go out the team and sit the bench. That's my goal, to sit the bench. No, no, everybody wants to play. And the thing in the body of Christ, everybody can be involved. Nobody has to, so to speak, sit the bench. 
In other words, you don't have to think, well, God can't use me or won't use me or whatever. We want to realize he does want to use us and he wants to use us for his glory. So Isaiah just sim- simply says, well, I'm here, you know, use, use me, you know. So, so uh, I'm, I'm here, send me. And he said, go and tell this people, keep on hearing, that people that don't hear, don't understand or seen, but don't acknowledge. So, so the, word, the word is, now the world is blind. The world doesn't see, the world doesn't understand the things of the gospel. The world is led by an antichrist spirit. However, we're still called to reach the world, right? So, so unless somebody goes and loves somebody else, cares for somebody else, they may never hear, they may never understand, they may never, never know about anything. And we're growing up in a world right now in the United States where people, by and large, don't even go to church. Many, many people don't even go to church. Young people are being raised that never attend church. You know, in my day, even the sinners went to church. You know, the, they still had a church membership. They still went someplace. They still brought you to Sunday school. You got your Sunday school pins and so forth. Because that was the thing to do. Nowadays, people don't do that. We meet young people, and we could have people at kids' night out or whatever. They've never even heard the song, Jesus Loves Me. They don't, they don't even know that message. It's foreign to them. They, they, this world is, is, has changed a lot in the last decades, okay? So the gospel still must go forth to people that haven't understood, that don't see, that we might think, boy, they are wacko. They might be, but they still, Jesus still loves them and they still need to hear the gospel. Amen? So he says you have to go and you have to tell. So we have to go one thing. We have to go and we have to tell. So all of this ministry, all of this is for us, but, it's, but a lot of people just don't respond. Invitation is given to be used of the Lord, but a lot of people choose out of maybe insecurities or fears or things like that. They choose to sit. Well, somebody else will do that. Somebody else will talk to those people or bless somebody. But if God lays somebody on your heart, let me just say this. If God lays somebody on your heart, you can be 100% sure it's not the devil. Because the devil isn't going to remind you to pray for somebody. The devil isn't going to say witness to somebody or write a letter or a text or something to encourage him. You always know that's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because God loves people. So when I hear something, it could be late at night or whatever, like somebody comes to my mind or something, I can text them. I can send out a text and, and, and communicate with them. Send them a, a good word, a word of encouragement. Amen? So we're supposed to go and tell. Now, where do we go? Mark 16, Jesus gave a commission to believers. Now, most of us in this place and most of us hearing probably online are believers. A believer is someone who believes in Jesus Christ. And he starts talking to them, and he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So here's Jesus giving this great commission, uh, which, you know, we have on the back wall. Amen. His last command is our first priority. He said to go. That's a verb. And to preach is also a verb. It's, it's to tell people the gospel. The gospel message is that Jesus Christ loves them. Jesus cares for them. Don't get so... Don't get so theological or deep or whatever. Revelation is not the place you want to major in, all right? Uh, uh, You don't have to talk to people, you know, and say uh, all that. Just tell them about Jesus. So you're preaching the gospel to everybody, right? So there's no exceptions. 
Now, it's easy to talk to people we know or people that are already believers. The challenge is, is that we have to get out of our comfort zone and talk to people who are not. Amen? And I believe that has to happen really on purpose. So on purpose, because if you wait, if you just think, well, I'm going to wait till I really feel directed. Well, I'm just going to tell you this. The Bible already directs us. The Word of God directs us. People say, I want a word. It already gave us a word. So on purpose, you want to think about people, maybe in your job or people that you know are hard to get along with or whatever, that you want to reach out to them with love. You want to plant a seed of love. You want to do something nice for them. You want to, you know, create a relationship. So he says, you, you, the gospel goes to everybody. He that believes and is baptized is saved. He that is not is condemned. These signs will follow those that believe. So these are, these are things, of course, we have whole denominations that exclude this. They don't talk about anything of the supernatural, but actually we can cast out demons and we can speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. And we can walk in the spirit and we can walk in power and authority and we can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. Amen. We can do those things. In fact, he wants us to do those things. These are things he's asked of us. Now, it's not like he hasn't equipped us. We, again, people think, well, I don't know how to do it. He gives you the Holy Spirit. So most of the time, most of the time, the first step is to get out of the boat, right? The, the step to get out of the boat is probably the toughest step. The toughest step Peter had, it said, it said uh, in the Gospels in Matthew that he came down out of the boat. So, you know, we're not, we're not talking about a boat that's got sides, so he's got to get down out of the boat. Where does that start? It starts one foot first, one leg first. How do you walk? One leg at a time. You're not hopping. You're taking one step at a time. And so the challenge is, is we have to take the step. That's always the hardest one, I think. Once you take a step, once you open your mouth, something good can happen. Once you start the conversation, you've started the conversation with someone. Not, it's not complicated to say, how's your day going? You're st- and you just follow how that's going. And, then, and at least you can always leave the message, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. How hard is that, amen, to say, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Well, folks, for a lot of people, that's like, who, what? Because that's a powerful name. When you say Jesus, that's a name of power and might. That's who we're serving. It's by faith in his name that we're going to get saved, healed, or delivered. So I just, just, so I always just keep it simple. I just say, well, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Now, it may not go any farther than that, but believe it or not, you've actually planted a seed. You've planted a seed in their heart. They think, Jesus loves me? Maybe they'll say more. Maybe they'll say, I don't believe that. And really, it doesn't matter if they believe it or not, because it's still true. And you can just say, well, it doesn't matter. He still does, regardless of what you think. You know, whether they believe or, or they might say, I don't like God. You can say, well, he likes you. <laughs> and he does. He likes people. That's why Jesus died on the cross, because he not just loves us, he likes us. He cares about us. And so the message just becomes very simple. It's just a flow in a conversation. Amen? It's not complicated. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not complicated. Don't make it complicated. Don't, don't think like I pull out the verses, you know, I got five verses, you know, on all the things. You can memorize Romans Road. That's good. You know, verses from Romans, you know, we've all sinned. You know, we all have to... 
repent and we have the free gift of God through Jesus Christ and so forth. That's all good, but, but there's a naturalness to it. So you want to come to a place, you just start opening your mouth and just, just think, okay, Lord, help me in this conversation. And believe it or not, if you don't have an answer to something, don't worry about it. You don't, you don't have to be a walking uh, concordance or, you know, a Greek encyclopedia or know everything about You don't have to do that. There's lots of times I said to people, I don't know. But if, if I'm close enough to them, I'll say, I'll get back to you next week. I'll, I'll get back to you. But, I, you know, sometimes you just don't know everything. And, of course, we don't understand everything. The world is full of whys. Why this? Why that? Well, of course, we don't have to understand it all. But the point is, is that we just need to know he is good. So these signs will follow believers and they can walk in the spirit and they can walk uh, in the anointing of God and people will get better. Recovery. What is recovery? Recovery. Sometimes people were instantly healed, but other times people get better little at a time. Right. They recover. Recovery is something that sometimes people get prayer and say, well, I wasn't healed. It's like, well, let's see about maybe you'll feel better tonight. Maybe you feel better tomorrow. See, recovery. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's a process. See, people, people get, get confused again. Well, I wasn't healed. Nothing happened. No, something's always happening. Believe me. So from the moment hands are laid on you, healing power is released. Recovery happens. Someone who's sick or something goes to a doctor and they could take an antibiotic and take one or two and go back. I don't feel any better. And he said, well, you're supposed to do it for 10 days. It's a regimen here, a path to follow. Like my brother said, as far as standing on the word of God and he's been in the medical field and so forth. He says, but if you've done something that doesn't work, double the dose. Get in the Bible more. Amen. Double the dose. Saturate yourself with the word of God. Saturate yourself with the presence of the Lord. Double the dose. So verse 20 then of Mark uh, uh, 16 says that they went everywhere. So they went out. So they actually went. Go means process. They went. And they told people. They preached. And I like the word everywhere. Say everywhere. And when they did this, the Lord worked with them. Now, we can pray for people, for situations. But I have to say that you have to put feet to your prayers. In other words, when they went and when they preached, then you saw God work. This is key. So as I pray, now I've prayed for my family and so my brothers live different places. But I also witnessed to them. Those days you wrote letters or things, you know. So I was also witnessed to them, also shared the gospel with them and so forth. So, so you put feet to things. They went and they preached everywhere. And then it says the Lord worked with them. Now, remember, the Bible talks about signs will follow. Amen? Signs will follow. Signs will follow believers. Signs will follow those people that are doing the things of the gospel. So if I'm doing something like that, then signs are going to follow. And the Lord worked with them, confirming the word, all right, through the accompanying signs. So as they went, as they preached, God did works. Amen? So around you today, you see flags that uh, are in the sanctuary here. Some of you might recognize a flag from your country. Anybody recognize this flag over here? What's this flag here? A little louder. Democratic Republic of Congo, right? What's this flag here? Yeah. 
Nigeria, what's this flag? How many people from Congo today? Raise your hand. Some of you going to... Look at the Congolese. Raise, keep your hands up. Look at the Congolese here. All right, hallelujah. How many people from Nigeria here? Look at the Nigerians. Hallelujah. Nigeria. How many people from Ghana? <laughs> so we have some Ghanaians here. Yes. So, so the gospel, so what we did is we put up flags. These are flags that either people from our church, students and so forth through the years that have uh, been here in, in the congregation or places that Jeannie and I, Pastor Jeannie and I have actually been to. Amen. Uh, one of the countries over here, let's see, I think it's this country here. This is the, this is the Philippine Islands right here. That's where I first started out in ministry, 1975. So I was there for six weeks preaching the gospel in the Philippine Islands and went from cities to villages to jungles to remote places. Went to the presidential palace to speak with the uh, vice president at the time and sat at his table that had to be over 25 feet long and uh, with their servants and so forth. And he said, would you sing for us? And so it was me and a, a few guys that also had graduated from SDSU, and we got up and we sang gospel songs. And, uh, uh, you know, God opened doors. That's the place in the Philippines somebody heard us singing, and this lady who was quite a gospel singer, almost like an opera singer, and she says, I'm on television every Saturday morning. She said, uh, I, can, I can get you into that station to sing. And we thought, wonderful, you know, we'll go to that station and sing. And so we, we set up, this was in Cebu in the Philippines, central part of the Philippines. And so we went there. And uh, uh, we had our guitars and stuff. And then uh, she was leaving and she said, so the station manager said, your, your show's coming up. You're going to be on the show. I said, okay. So we went in, we met the people and so forth. They were excited and they brought us over to the green room, the place we sat down, all the glass. We could see the studio. And then there was a live audience and stuff. And we're sitting there and this was a live program. And we thought, Boy, this is kind of amazing, you know. Now, all the time, we were thinking this is a gospel show because she, this lady was a gospel singer, and we thought it was a gospel show. So, so the program started Saturday morning. One of the most... I'm 22 years old. It's the most watched show in the Philippines by all the youth. And if some of you are older, you remember America had a TV program called American Bandstand with Dick Clark, and this was the the copy to that. And so the program started, started and out come the go-go dancers. Now these girls didn't have a lot on. And they had high boots and not a lot on. And they're out there and they're dancing and so forth and the crowd, you know, and this and that. <laughs> and where we're at, it was just, it was, believe me, a wall of fear. Like, what on earth is this, you know? And so we're looking at this, and we looked at each other. Did you know anything about it? No, no one even knows anything about it. And, of course, then the guy comes out, the, the Filipino Dick Clark guy, and it's an hour program, and they go in 15-minute segments. And he talks about who's on that day, and, of course, we have a group from America. Woo, everybody's excited. And we're thinking, that's us, you know. And what, what do we know? So we saved the best for last. And so we had to endure this whole program. And the commercial break, they bring us out on the stage, you know, and of course, what we're going to sing is gospel songs. And so that's what we did. And this guy, 
the guy now, he came out, he had makeup on and so forth. And you could tell he didn't know what to do. And so he wanted to talk about different things. At that time, Muhammad Ali was fighting in Manila, the thriller in Manila and so forth. And he wanted to talk about that. And we said, we don't really care about that. And we said, we, wanted, we started talking again about Jesus. And you could tell he was, you could see through the makeup that he was red. And so we continued to share about Jesus, right, the cameras, live program. And, and uh, it was kind of amazing. And all we shared, just simple things of the gospel. Jesus loves you, you know, and God, God, you know, might put you in a place that you think, you know, the natural, we would have never done that. But God surprised us. And so here we were. And so that was Philippine Islands. So then we went to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is right over here. You know, we went over to Hong Kong and uh, we tried to get into China. And China was a closed country. Went to the communist embassy and the communist officials interviewed us and said, why would you want to come to our country? And we said, well, we're from an agricultural university. Interviewed us one by one to question us. We said, we're from an agricultural university. I was. My degree is in biology and chemistry, South Dakota State. They could check that all out. Of course, what were we going to do? We were going to bring Bibles across. There's a train bridge there in Hong Kong to the mainland. We're going to take the train across, and and the southern part of China was Canton. And so we were going to load up with Chinese Bibles. I'd just been with Brother Andrew personally with him to carry Bibles into that country. And the embassy came back a day later and said, we're not letting you in. You know, so, you know, well, we tried. But we preached in Hong Kong and shared the gospel and did a lot of things, you know. But you look around the room, and so these are places that... Uh, Pastor Jeannie and I have been to. Some of you would recognize this. John and Sharon would recognize that flag from Liberia. So we've been to Liberia a number of times. We've been over here to India many, many times, just uh, to the nation of India and so forth. Or here's the country down over here. This is Brazil. And uh, so we've been to Brazil, preaching in Brazil. Or this is uh, Guatemala, Guatemala in here, right? Guatemala right next to uh, uh, India, right here. Been to Guatemala a few times, Central America. Uh, Ethiopia, right here. Our grandson is from Ethiopia, so our kids have been, been to Addis Ababa. So around the platform are places from different countries that you will recognize. We'll have labels on these as well. But a flag represents a nation, represents a culture, represents people. And folks, that's, that's what we want to do, right? We want to reach the world. Amen? We want to reach the world. Jeannie went to Mexico when she was still in college. And I have to get the Russian flag up here. Went to Mexico to preach the gospel. You can do this when you're young. You can do this when you're old. Ray and Wilma Phipps. I felt like a kid with Ray and Wilma Phipps. You know, they're 80 years old. And I'm driving with them through India and stuff. And here they are. Tough areas. And uh, uh, but preaching the gospel, bringing the good news to people and helping people and blessing people. Turn to your neighbor, say you're not too young. Turn to others, say you're not too old. There's always opportunities, see, and it's like sometimes it's just a connection. You meet somebody for us to go to Guatemala. Of course, Carol, Carol from our churches in Guatemala, Brazil. Uh, friends in or Brazil, and that's how we got to Brazil or Ghana. Really, how we got to Ghana was our Ghanaian friends, you know, or the same uh, with other countries, Liberia and so forth. I'd like you to tell the story about the vice president getting born again. Oh, in the yeah, just splice it in. It's so good. Well, during this trip. Yeah, in the Philippines, it actually was the ambassador 
So the Filipino ambassador, he just retired. And so we had an opportunity to go to his house. Now, his name is spelled David, but they pronounce it David. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we go to his house. And so this guy had a very beautiful house and so like that. And, uh, and his wife was there and his servants and different things. And so we go to his house and the process of the afternoon, we, we had tea, of course, and stuff. But then we, we shared the gospel. Now, this guy had been religious. The Philippines is a very Catholic nation, but he gave his life to Jesus. And when he gave his life to Jesus, he had tears, he had peace. He, felt, he just felt the presence of God. It was amazing. Well, anyway, we left. So that's when we went south to Mindanao, the southern island, and then came back to Cebu. And what the story I just told you. And then we hear that this guy dies. So a week later, this guy dies, this ambassador. And uh, we didn't even know he was sick, you know, but he dies. So the, his wife says, would you, would you share at his funeral? Of course, again, 22, I've never been. I, most kids don't go to funerals, right? Let alone do a funeral. So we go to this funeral home. It's a huge funeral home. It's of all these places places to have funerals. So you could walk in a circle in all these parlors for funerals. So we go to this funeral and his wife said, oh, he was so happy that last week of his life. He had peace with God. He was so blessed. And I want you to tell people. So we thought, okay. So we go to the funeral and of course, customer people are weeping and people are sad. Now in the funerals, all the government dignitaries, because he was an ambassador. So the high ranking military officers, the generals and so forth, other people, they're all there. And then of course, people are weeping. So we're, we were singing, and then we stopped because we said, oh, you know, you're sad, of course, because he died. But he, we said, let, me, let us tell you the good news. And, of course, this is what his wife wanted. So we told the good news. He got saved. And they're all like, Amen. what? He, got, he gave his life to Jesus Christ just, just over a week ago now. He, said, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He was gloriously saved, received peace from God. Amen. And they were all like, their mouths, you know, like this. Now, we're just kids. What do we know? You know, I mean, so, so we, go to the, we go to the cemetery. Cemetery's huge, you know. It's in Manila, it, where we're at. And I find myself, I'm standing next to an admiral. So this is a Navy guy who's like a general. And, and I find myself sharing with him, like he says something about the ambassador. He said, oh, he got saved. So I'm, t- I'm talking in the one hand with this high-ranking official. In my brain, I'm thinking, who are you to talk to this guy, you know? But we did. And out of that brought, then we went to the whole, at the time, Marcos still had martial law. We went to this whole military banquet. We were invited, and we sang about Jesus. <laughs> so one step at a time. Amen. <laughs> one door can lead you to another door. And you might be talking to somebody, but then somebody else is there, and then that acquaintance leads to something else. Right. Isn't that right? You just want right? to be a green light Christian. A green light Christian. Right. Yeah, so, goal, so goal. because you might, means you, go. you might think, well, I didn't have this planned. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure what I'll say, but you, if you just walk through the door. So, turn, just a second. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't think too much. Yeah, you got that right. Okay. So I just want to um, say about this, that for anyone, never think you're too young. Shout Amen. <laughs> You're not too young to be used by God. You're not too young to preach the gospel, to go around the world. And then the other side is you're not too old. We can say amen to amen. that. Amen. 
So God uses people, and God so loved the world that he gave his son. So what a privilege that we can be his mouthpiece. Amen. Yeah, you know, we're believing, why are we believing for the pandemic to be over? Of course, we want people to have their jobs and work, but we want to go. We're healthy, so I want to, you know, you get older, you realize you're more to the front of the line with the end of this life, you know. You don't have, you have limited time. Don't waste it. Go do what he's asked you to do, to be a light uh, for his glory. And, of course, Jeannie and I, since we got saved, that's really what we've done. That's why this church is the way it is. That's why uh, people come from all different places and so forth to, to be blessed and to be ministered to. Amen? It's a flag, this flag over here, Malaysia. The 1980s, we had many students from Malaysia. In fact, just the other day, Jeannie found something. Else over here was this, it was written down with all the Malaysian girls that were in the church at that time. And, uh, uh, you know, and you realize, wow, you know, just how God, there's seasons where God is working and God is doing things. So he's going to open doors that you have to then, in turn, walk through and use every opportunity. So no matter where we're at, Jeannie and I want to tell people about Jesus. If I'm at the cancer doctor, what I do, I've witnessed, so, we've witnessed so many doctors through the years, it's amazing. But the cancer doctor, he's listening to the report, and I, I told him one time, he said, well, I have to get better because I have to go back to India. I have to get better because we're going to do this and this and this. And it's like, okay, yeah, <clears throat> okay, Dave, you know, he's writing down notes and stuff. He just knew we were different. And what happened then? Well, he had, he had young kids, young kids that now are older and in college, actually. But because of what we were doing, he'd say, boy, he'd, he'd put stuff down, we'd talk, he says, Oh, I want my kids to hear stuff like this. I want my kids to be involved. Now this guy goes to church, born again, goes to church now. Now he sent his kids on missions trips. Amen. He says, I, my kids, he, he's like, like a lot of Americans, my kids are spoiled. They got everything they need. He says, I want them to go places you go. And so he sent them to places just in the United States, inner city things and so forth. He sent them to go and to work and to be missionaries, to do things. Paid off. Amen. You know, so you do things, you do things that you can, when you can, for who you can. Uh, there's seasons in life to do stuff. Amen? Amen. So there's a progression. Let's, let me go back here to the book of Romans a second. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We all know these verses. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him whom they've not believed? How shall they believe on him and whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they're sent? How beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And this has happened on a few occasions now in India. When I'm talking up front, someone will come up and literally kiss my feet. Because they come down. One time they kissed with their lips. Another time their hands. Because the beautiful feet are bringing the gospel. Bringing the gospel to them. That we would come. That we would be a blessing to them. So the, 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 there's, a, there's an evangelistic progression here. So you work backward. You work backward from down here. First of all, you've got to be sent, right? God calls and he sends people. Amen? So he sends people to tell people to preach. Amen? Then the preacher tells the message. All right? He tells, shares the word of God. Then the people hear the word of God. Got to hear the word of God. Then they, they listen to the message and then the hearers can believe. Progression. Faith always takes the word. You've got to plant the word. Amen. The word is a seed. Always planted. It. it can grow in people's hearts. So the progression. They're sent. They preach. People hear. They listen. They hear. Uh, uh, begin to believe. And so forth. And then salvation happens. Or healing happens. 
What you talk about is you bring seeds. So if, if you never talk about healing, of course, you'll never see many healings. Why? Because there won't be faith for healings. So, so if you talk about Jesus, Savior, you can have salvations. If you talk about the healer, you can have healings. Faith grows according to what we talk about. If we say he'll provide your needs, faith will grow for that. Faith will grow for anything that you plant those seeds for. We plant seeds for a good marriage, so things grow. Amen? So, so there's a progression here, and then it gets back to, are you sent? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go there for a minute. Are you sent? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, anyone. Say, I'm an anyone. Anyone who's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Now, we know this, all right? And things become new. But it says, now all things are of God. The new things are of God. He's reconciled us himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry. There is a ministry of reconciliation. So there's a ministry of telling people that Christ came for them, died for them. There's a ministry. It's a ministry of reconciliation. So you're trying to see people see Jesus. They get reconciled, come into a right relationship with God. Now, this is for everyone, anybody, right? Anybody, anyone. This is for anyone. To me, if it's for anyone, that's for everyone. Amen? Some things, I've had actually people tell, talking about evangelists and say, oh, no, that's not my ministry. I said, pardon me? <laughs> it's everyone's ministry. Everyone is to do, to do the work of evangelists. Everyone is to have this ministry. We can do all other things, too. I know that. But everyone has this ministry. He's given us the ministry. Now, we can pick it up or we can just not, we can ignore it. I've, I've ignored it at times. I've, you can ignore it this day or that day. I'm too busy. I don't have time. I ignore it. But I realized, no, no, no. It's better to em- embrace the ministry. Take the time to reach people. Amen. So look at the next verses here when it goes on 19 and 20. Then it says that, that God in Christ was reconciling the world. So th- this is where we see Christ. God so loved the world. Christ came for us. New Testament now. New Testament Christians. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. He's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. In other words, he's, he's passed here right now on grace. He's on grace. So he's not, not saying, you're all sinners, you're going to die, I'm going to burn you. Like, no. Through Jesus Christ, he loves the world. Right now, we're time of grace. All right? And he's committed unto us a word. Ministry of reconciliation, he gives us the word. Jesus loves you. It's a good word, amen? That, what a great statement that is. Now, if, that, if that's offensive to some people, okay, so let it be offensive. But it is a great word to tell people, anybody, to tell them, Jesus loves you. It's a great word. I love it. Now, now then, say now, which means at this very moment, at this very moment, we are ambassadors for Christ. So any believer now who has a ministry, any believer has a ministry, amen. So we are right now ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Now, an ambassador gets a word from the king, and that's what he delivers. So an ambassador for the United States is getting a word from our president. That's what he's to, to represent, to get out. It's not his own opinion. It's that word. The ambassador from the Philippine Islands was getting the word from President Marcos at that time, and that's who he represented. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. So this is who I represent. Now, 
huge thing here because most denominations, they have missions boards and it's all about creating more of their churches. And you can have structure, that's okay, but let's not make a person a disciple of a church or a denomination. They should be disciples for Jesus Christ. Because only Jesus can save their soul. My dog tags say my identity belongs to Jesus. So a person may fellowship at a certain church, a person may be a member of a certain church or pastor at a church, but our identity has to be in Jesus Christ. So we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ, first and foremost. Not a church, not a denomination, not for somebody else. Then God will plead through us. God will plead through you and I to people around us. Because sometimes we think, well, I don't, I don't live in Washington, D.C., so I'm not, I can't be a minister there. No, I know. But you live where you live. Your neighborhood or your classroom or your friends or relatives or whoever, that's your world. And therefore, we are responsible for our world. My mom and dad, folks, there's many times I got cussed at. They didn't like me when I became a Christian. I endured a lot of things. But the other side of it is when they were near the end of their life, I continued to witness So I continued to tell them about Jesus. And thank God, before my mother died, not long, but what she had a brain tumor. She had a lung tumor, it went to her brain. And before her brain couldn't think right, she did think right. And gave her life to Jesus Christ. And my dad, even though he was blind and was in a wheelchair and he couldn't do anything anymore at all, but still he could think. And he still could pray. Hallelujah. And after many, many things and so forth, he prays and he gives his life to Jesus. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy lived his whole life for the devil. He's going to heaven because of the grace of God, because of the love of Jesus Christ. It's amazing, folks. That's how good our God is. And we then have God pleads through us. He pleads through us. He's imploring through us. Oh, turn your life to Jesus. Turn your eyes to the Lord. Folks, it's through us. It's through our lives that all of this is happening. Just using ordinary people. So we don't always realize that, you know, you don't always feel like an ambassador. You don't always feel anointed. You don't always feel goosebumps in the presence of the Lord. But the fact is, we are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. That is a fact. Good or bad. (laughs) But that is who you are to represent. Amen? Amen? And that is a choice. That is a choice we take up. That is a ministry we embrace. Because so many Christians, I'm so amazed. I don't have any ministry. I'm not doing anything. Oh, boy. It's all kinds of things you can do. Amen? Just by by loving the people around you. Just do this. Tomorrow, here's your assignment. Tomorrow, go to work and tell someone, Jesus loves you. Just tell someone, you know, I was thinking today, I just want you to know, Jesus loves you. Hey, you know, I got a word for you. I got a word, and I think it's really right, and it's Jesus loves you. Hey, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Jesus loves you. All those are accurate statements. God spoke to me. It is a prophetic word. It is a powerful word. It can transform lives. It can open doors. Some of them might say, oh, my life's such a mess. And so, Well, how messy is it? Tell me, <laughs> you know. Maybe you can help them out. Maybe you can be an encouragement to them. 
See, some people actually think, well, they're too far gone or they, they can never be forgiven and so forth. Oh, I'm so glad we have good news. Sure, sometimes people have messed things up. Okay, who hasn't messed some things up? But there's always redemption. No matter how far down a person has gone, there still is redemption. There still is grace. There is. Hallelujah. And I love that. I love that about our God. I love the fact that he never gives up on anybody. He's there till their dying breath praying that they turn to him. Amen. Let me give you a couple quick things. Acts chapter 9. So here's Ananias. We're going to close here in a minute. Ananias, God gives him a tough assignment. There's, there's that, that Saul of Tarsus is there. And, and he says, I want, you to go, I want you to go to a street called Straight Street. There is a Straight Street in Damascus, by the way. In fact, remember that lady years ago living on Straight Street. And, and I want you to go to this house and Saul of Tarsus is there. And he's seen you in a vision coming in. You go to the next verses there. And, the, and of course, Ananias is hearing this. This from the Lord. He could have thought, oh boy, this can't be God. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. You know, Saul of Tarsus was the terrorist of the day. He was killing Christians. And he says, I've heard about this guy. So what did this mean? It means he had to leave his comfort zone. He had to leave his comfort zone. Folks, we do have to realize that God loves everybody. He loves everybody. Amen? We have to know that. We have to, we have to get that down in our spirit, man, no matter how bad somebody is. He heard how bad this man was. He had to get out of his comfort zone. And, of course, he's informing God, of course. Ananias is informing God. He's done a lot of harm to the people. To your saints in Jerusalem, just just letting you know here, you know. He's got authority. We've heard all this. He's arresting people and so forth. And the Lord says, no, he's a chosen vessel for me. Isn't that interesting? And so he had to respond to the call. And verse 17, I think it says that. Verse 17 says, Ananias uh, went. Here's the word, go and tell. He went, finds the house, he finds Saul, and he prays for him. Many years ago, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a Russian Russian agent. But he'd given his life to Jesus Christ, and he came to a house church. And he had his gun, and he came into the door, came into the door, you know, and he had his gun. He says, okay, who's ever not a Christian, get out of here. And, of course, there were some people that scrambled, but there was a handful, about five people, who stayed, they stayed there. And he shut the door and he says, great. He says, I became a believer. And he only wanted to be around true believers, not someone playing a game. But, you know, he had his weapon and so forth. And he says, great. Now, because now, he could trust them then, right? They weren't going to turn him in, you know, back to his superiors and stuff like that. So Ananias responded to the call and left his comfort zone. Acts 16, here's Paul. Paul, you know, they knocked on doors. Folks, we have to be, we have to engage. Sometimes we're waiting, we're waiting for God to work. And I can't just sit in my car with the motor idling, you know, and, oh, oh, I've got power. You know, because I could run it out of gas. You could find me next Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday and say, you're still here? And you got to put it in gear, Pastor. You got to drive it. You got to move. You got to do something. And that is how it is with the spiritually. We can pray, but then I got to put it in gear. So I'm, I'm on purpose. Looking. I'm on purpose looking for an opportunity. And Paul was on purpose knocking on doors. He was trying to go here, that door closed, trying to go here, that door closed. And then a vision comes to him and says, a man of Macedonia says, come over here. Come over here and help us. You know, we've had that times, Jeannie and I. That's how we've ended up in some of these countries is we meet people and they say, why don't you come over here? We, we could use your help. Amen? Actually, there's a lot of countries like that and we have, that we haven't even been to. But no that the invitation is out there. So after he's seen the vision, notice the word immediately. 
We sought. In other words, we planned. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Say plan. Say prepare. Say go. So, so he was ready. He gets this word. He immediately does it. Does, goes into things to, to sought to go to Macedonia. Concluding the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. I, I really love that. John, so let's not make this complicated. John chapter 1. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is not complicated. Okay, write down. You should be taking notes. I hope you're taking notes. But write down relationship. Relationship evangelism. This is, folks, we've done all kinds of things. We've done crusades. We've done street ministry. We've done door-to-door ministry. We've passed out over 50,000-plus gospel tracts. Every door in Brookings County we went to in the cities hit, hit uh, Arlington and Kingsbury County, Flandreau and Moody County, knocked on all these doors, mapped it out, went to every door, presenting the gospel to every person that was in those houses at that time and that night. It took us a long time, but we did this over a process of years. Of people, We did it every week, going out and doing things. But let me just say this. This is the best way to do evangelism, is this way. And so two men heard John, heard John speak and, and followed him. Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother. He found his brother Simon. So notice, Andrew, Andrew. Billy Graham Ministry used to have a thing called Operation Andrew. The whole thing was invite somebody you know. Invite a family member. All about relationships. Who do you know? Who is in your sphere? Somebody in your classroom or something like that. So Andrew, go, he, uh, Andrew goes and he finds his own brother, Simon. Says, we found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? So Andrew finds Peter, his brother. He brings him to Jesus. So on purpose he found him. On purpose he brought him. On purpose he did that work. With the plan. Amen. The next verse is there. In verses 43 through 46. Philip is another disciple. So Jesus is going to Galilee. And here's Philip. And he's, Jesus said to Philip, follow me. Just, just the process here. Philip was from Poseidon, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathaniel. So Philip finds somebody else. And he says, hey, we found, we found him who Moses sent the lost and all the prophets were Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And, of course, Nathaniel initially said, can anything come out of good out of Nazareth? And Philip just said, why don't you come and see? Write this down. The disciples were first followers before they were believers. All right? It wasn't like Jesus, Jesus got all these things, got them all together, and they learned all these things. They were just instant believers. No, first they were followers. Jesus said, just come follow me. Just come follow me. Just hang around me. People can come here to the church. We're not looking for members. All right? We're not looking for members. We're looking for people to come and experience the presence of God. Experience Jesus. Experience His love. Experience the atmosphere. All right? We're not just singing songs. We're worshiping. So that's what we're looking for. Amen? They said, they said Jesus, just follow me. And, and here's, here's uh, Philip just says uh, to Nathaniel, why don't you just come and see? Just come on by. Just, oh, you're, you're not, there's nothing on TV tonight. Come on over. You know, come on over. And so that's what they did. And they came and they followed and they experienced Jesus. Amen. Matthew 28. We'll stop here. Matthew 28. Here's the marching orders. Here's what we have in the back room and so forth. The marching orders of the world. His last command is our first priority. It should be a priority. The last words of Jesus. The authority, all authority was given to Jesus. Heaven and earth. And he gave this authority to us and he said, go. 
You go, because I've done this. Therefore, you go, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is our call. This is, this is available for all of us. It's a good ministry. Amen? People say, I want to be in the ministry. Well, that's where the ministry is at, really. <laughs> Amen? That ministry is about people. People. Just close your eyes for a minute. I want everybody in this place, everybody who's listening right now or watching, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. I want you to know that Jesus cares for your life. I want you to know he knows everything that you're going through. He knows everything happening in your life right now. And I want you to know he's working. And I want you to turn your eyes to him. If you don't know him, it's not hard. Anybody listening to me right now, it's not hard to know Jesus. It's just open your heart to Jesus because he came to give us life. And it's just simple. Just say, Jesus, I turn to you. And Jesus, I ask you to touch my heart and open my understanding even, Lord. And I purpose to follow you from this day on. And I thank you for forgiveness. And I thank you for redeeming my life, even giving my life purpose. Lord, I thank you for touching people right now by your spirit in Jesus' name. Others in here, Lord, today, Lord, I know you're calling them, each one. I pray they respond to your call to be a light for you, Jesus. Folks, just even now, just, just as you want to respond to this call, just, just put your hands in the air if you want to respond to this call. But I pray they respond to your call, Father. They're your ambassadors. You've given them a ministry, Lord, a ministry of reconciliation. You've given them the words. You've given them the power. You've given them the anointing. And I pray, Lord, they would respond to you. And I pray for people here that you'd use them every day this week. Their jobs and classrooms, wherever they're at, Lord, their homes, at, at the store. Lord, that you would use them for your glory. To just say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Lord, thank you for that good word. You've given to us. And Lord, I thank you for a harvest. And I thank you for fruit. Not just here, but around the world. In our nation, but other nations of the world, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.